Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job helps us see our lives through a lens of biblical truth. You have to know what you're called to and what you're not called to. You have to know what your strength is and what your strength is not. You have to know what is your responsibility and what is not your responsibility. You have to know what your boundaries are and what your boundaries are not if you're going to live the kind of effective life that God has called you to. When you consider your own self-image and what you believe about yourself, is it based on the truth of Scripture or the influence of the world? Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and he's also President of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Last time, Mark began a crucial lesson on the subject of self-image, revealing how some of the things we believe about ourselves are more than just untrue, they're destructive. So if we want to live the way God intended, we need that storyboard we have for our lives to be founded on the truth of God's Word. To learn more about this important topic, let's join Pastor Mark Job for part two of his message. It's titled, Re-Envision Your Life Story. Today I want to talk to you about blurred calling or rediscovering your boundaries. You're going to walk away today, if you put these into practice, this message is going to get some of you unstuck. I believe it. I believe in the power of the Word of God. And I believe in the power of faith when we embrace the Word of God. But more than anything, I believe in the power of the Word of God when we embrace in faith and then we actually take steps to implement what we're learning. And let me tell you that James says, don't just be hearers of the Word, but be doers of the Word. And just because you're hearing the Word doesn't mean you're putting into practice. I want to talk to you about boundaries, boundaries. Uh, Some of us were stuck because we have no boundaries in our life. Let me explain a little bit what I mean by that. So a few years ago, when my kids were younger, I decided that I wanted to be engaged in their activities. So I thought what I would help them do is I would be a coach. And my boys and my daughter, at one time when they were young, they played soccer in a small league. And so they were very young when they started playing soccer. I grew up in Spain, so everybody in Spain plays soccer. I mean, everybody plays soccer. Recess, we'd go outside and kick a can around. I mean, everybody's a huge soccer fan. So I figured I'd get my kids into soccer. And I decided that I would get engaged by helping coach them in soccer. Now, smart enough not to become the head coach because the head coach has to do all the work. So I became the assistant coach. Just a little tidbit for fathers out there. I love being an assistant coach because you can shout on the sideline, scream, show up, do all that, but you don't have to call the parents, do all the organization. Trust me, dad, assistant coach, much better job. And so I became the assistant coach, and I'll never forget my oldest son, Josiah. He was probably five or six years old. It was his first soccer game. So we got out there. We had a couple practices with the team, and then we went to our first soccer game. Everybody got in place. They had their shin guards on. They had their 
uniforms that all matched each other. We huddled together and we said whatever the name of their team was, we said, go. When everybody was excited, they got to their place. And then the referee blew the whistle and off to the game they went. And I watched my little players and I was aghast at what I saw because none of them played their position. In fact, what they all did is they chased after the ball. Every one of them, except the goalie, and he wanted to chase after it as well. If you were defense, if you were midfield, if you were offense, everybody just huddled like a big herd chasing after that ball. And they pushed and they kicked and they screamed. And then the ball went out and they were all chased after the ball. And they went like that over and over. And we would say, play your position, play your position. But as a herd of cattle chasing after the ball, kicking, stringing, falling, they chased after that ball. At halftime, they hadn't scored anything. They'd spent all their time chasing after the ball, and so they were exhausted, red-faced, sweaty, and kind of discouraged because they hadn't done anything. So we gathered them together, and we said, kids, you need to know your positions. You need to keep your boundaries. And so we took it at halftime, put all the kids in their positions, and we said, stay within this box. Do not go outside of this box. That is your position. The ball will come to you, but if it gets close, get it, but don't chase after it. And so we put them in their positions, and I knew they ran right up to the boundary. They wanted to cross it, but they stayed in their position. And this time they started learning to pass. They, they scored two goals, and they ended up winning the game because they learned. You can't play the whole field. You can't do everything. You have to know what God has called you to do, and you have to do what God has called you to do good, not do everything God has called you to do and do it poorly. Hello, that's boundaries. Now, just like those little kids in soccer had to learn, I, I run into so many people today that you are exhausted, worn out, huffing and puffing, feel like you're failing at a lot of areas in life, discouraged because you can't make progress, don't feel like you're winning at life. And if we sat down and asked, what's the problem? You'd say, well, I'm trying to do all of these things. And really what's happening in your life is that you're trying to do a lot of things that God never called you to do. You're tired, you're exhausted, you're losing because you're not playing your position. And so I want to look at that today, what it means to play your position and not take on more than what God has called you to do and learn what God has called you to do and play it well. So if we look at the story of Elijah, I believe that one of Elijah's big problems was that he did not understand the boundaries that God had given him. Elijah ended up in the cave of self-pity and discouragement and depression in part because he was trying to do things that God had never called him to do. If you remember the story of Elijah, he hadn't learned to play within the boundaries of his calling. Listen to me well. Before he exited the cave, God helped him clarify his calling and release control over areas that were not his to manage. There are people right now, as you're listening to me, that you're trying to control and manage things that God never gave you to control and manage. 
And if you try to control that which you have no control over, you always end up exhausted, depleted, and discouraged. Some of you are trying to control people and things that you have no control over. You're not even called to manage them, but you're trying to manage them. You're trying to control outcomes that you have no control over, and so you're exhausted because you're worried and stressed and anxious over things that God never called you. Only He can control certain things. Yeah, only He can do it. So you can't really say yes to God until you discover what, how to say no. You have to learn what to say yes to and what to say no to and understand the boundaries in your life. And I'm going to talk to you, really help you discover three things about boundaries, about boundaries today. And if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. Number one, you need to know your boundaries so you don't say yes when you should be saying no. Some of you need to learn how to say no. Not every answer needs to be yes. You will never live a balanced life and in the center of God's will until you learn how to say no. Sorry, but no. Some of you just like, you can't even say it. You, you just so want to please, so want to take everything on that you just don't have the capacity to say, sorry, no. Go ahead, practice. Say it with me. Sorry, no. You need to learn how to say no so that you can say yes to what you really need to be saying yes to. Because unless, if you say yes to everything, you are taken away from what God has really called you to. A people that live within boundaries, balance, healthy lives, need to understand the power of saying no to certain things so they can say yes to the things that God has really called them to. So if you read the story of Elijah, I'm going to pick up in verse 15. The Lord said to him when he was in the cave, go back the way you came, go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, listen, anoint Haziel, king over Aram. In verse 16, then he says, anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elijah, son of Shephet, to succeed you as prophet. Now, here's what I want you to understand about this passage. Elijah was depleted, discouraged, and tired. When God got him unstuck and out of the cave, he, the first thing that he had him do was delegate things that he had taken on himself, delegate to three other people. In other words, I don't want you to do this. I want someone else to do this. Elijah had been called to be a spiritual leader of the nation of Israel, to be a prophetic voice. But yet Elijah had taken on the political responsibility of both Judah and Israel. And God said to Elijah as he exited the cave, I don't want you to be the political leader. I want you to be the spiritual leader. I want you to delegate. I want you to anoint. I want you to anoint this man. 
I want you to anoint this man and I want you to anoint this man. In other words, I want you to get these things off your plate that I never called you to do and have someone else do them because that's not your responsibility. That's not your call. Someone else can do it better than you can do it and I never called you to handle or do those things. You see, as Elijah was exiting the cave, he set in motion a plan to release areas and narrow his call and set his boundaries. You're listening to a message from Mark Job here on Bold Steps Weekend, and the message will continue in just a moment. First, I want to invite you to join a very special trip that Mark will be taking in just a few months. This May, Mark, Dr. Crawford Loritz, and Dr. Michael Radelnik are taking off on a 10-day messianic adventure through the heart of Israel. They'll be trekking through the streets and hillsides and shepherd fields where Jesus walked, taking in the sights and sounds of the Holy Land, and we want you to become part of that adventure. To register and learn more about this incredible opportunity, visit our website, boldstepsweekend.org. Now, back into our message from Mark Job. It's titled, Re-Envision Your Life Story. Henry Cloud, who is a Christian psychologist and author, written many books, he wrote a book called Boundaries that was a bestseller. And in this book, Boundaries, he really talks about relational boundaries, how to make sure that You know how to set boundaries in your life when you're dating, boundaries in your life with people that have problems and issues in their life. Because oftentimes, if we don't know how to set boundaries, we get sucked into people's nightmares and don't know how to step out, and sometimes in a very unhealthy way. He defines a boundary this way. A boundary is a personal property line that marks those things for which we are responsible. In other words, boundaries define who we are, and who we are not. Boundaries tell us what is ours and what is not. I grew up in a small town outside of a a city called Burgos in northern Spain, and most of the people there were all farmers, and they owned property. And if you looked at the landscape around the village where I lived, you could tell that there was land, and they were all marked by boundaries, typically Their boundaries were small rock walls that divided one property from another property. Now, here's what a boundary does. A boundary, if it's my property, I'm responsible for taking care of my property. I have to cultivate it. I have to farm it. But if it's on the other guy's land, I'm not responsible for my land. How do I know what I'm responsible for and what I'm not responsible for? There's a boundary. I may want him to succeed, but I'm not responsible for him to succeed. I may want his crops to do well, but it's not my responsibility to till his land and to harvest his crops. My responsibility is what lies within my boundaries. Elijah had taken on some responsibilities that God had never given him. It took three leaders to successfully manage the job that Elijah was trying to accomplish by himself. Elijah was doing the job that three men should have been doing. He was overwhelmed, and they were needing an opportunity to serve that Elijah was taking away from him. If you have no boundaries in your life today, then I can guarantee that you feel disheveled, stressed, 
overwhelmed, have very little focus in your life, feel like you're spread way too thin, and are wondering how you're even going to make it through the next month, that usually has to do with boundaries. I know that there's a lot of people that unless you learn how to say no, they'll add one more thing to your plate because you haven't learned the power of saying no. Some of you are caretakers. You really care for people. You really care for a lot of things around you. And so you take on responsibilities to handle, manage, fix things that really you have no real power over, but you take it on because you think, well, someone should care about it. And so you take it on and you add it to your plate of things and you try to control, try to manage, try to help, try to do something, but eventually become overwhelmed with it because it may be a good idea, but did God call you to it? Because how many of you know there's thousands of great causes in the world? And I, and I get letters, emails, requests that ask me, could you do this? Could you be involved in this? Here's a great cause. And they're all great causes and they're all good things. But I have to ask myself this question, but what has God called me to? Because if I say yes to something, it means I'm saying no to something else. I know... Uh, people in ministry that have a heart for the world and want to help the entire world out, but because they say yes to things that God has never called them to, they have no time for their marriage and no time for their children and no time to cultivate their family, and suddenly they've said yes to the world, but they've lost their family because they didn't have any boundaries. Elijah almost lost his life his mission, his joy, because he had no boundaries in his life. He had taken on things that God had never called him to do. When you begin to learn to say no, you create a vacuum, and every time you take one more thing than you're called to do, you're stepping into someone else's territory, and maybe it's not your job or territory to step into. I believe that sometimes there needs to be a holy vacuum that's created so other people can step up to the plate and fulfill their call. You have to know what you're called to and what you're not called to. You have to know what your strength is and what your strength is not. You have to know what is your responsibility and what is not your responsibility. You have to know what your boundaries are and what your boundaries are not if you're going to live the kind of effective life that God has called you to. Elijah, the first thing that God told him was step out of the cave. I want you to delegate the leadership of Syria. I want you to delegate the political leadership of Israel. And I want you to grant a younger leader named Elijah authority to be your successor. I want you to give these things away so that you can focus on the things that God has called you to do. Let me ask you a question. Is there anything that you need to give away? Anything that you've been trying to control that God says, you know what? You have no control over. Let me tell you something. If you're married here today, you have a responsibility to your spouse, but you are not responsible for the behavior of your spouse. Oh, let me say that again. If you're married, you are responsible to your spouse 
You're in a union, but you cannot control your spouse. Uh, You can't manipulate, control the outcome of your spouse's behavior. Some of you wives are trying to control your husband and you are responsible to them, but you are not responsible for them. You can't try to manipulate, control, oversee, do everything that that your spouse, because you are in a relationship with them and you are responsible to pray for them, but you are not responsible for how they act. They take on their own responsibility of how they act. Are you tracking with me? Because if you try to take on the responsibility of how they act, if you try to be responsible for everything that they do, then you will place yourself in a place that only the Holy Spirit should be and only God can be, and you will stress and you will try to control that which you have no control over. Most of us have a lot less control over things out there than what we know you have. The main thing that you can control is your attitude, your life, your mind, your faith, your actions, your destiny, the way you act, the way you behave. That's what you can control. You cannot control other people. Elijah was trying to take on the political responsibility for your nation that God had never called him to. As a pastor, I have to ask myself, what has God called me to and what has God not called me to? I need to be able to say no to things. I need to be able to say yes to things. I've seen too many pastors uh, get involved in things, and this is a great example. God had never called Elijah to be a political leader. He had called him to be a spiritual leader. And I've seen a lot of friends and a lot of pastors that they want change in a neighborhood, in a community, and oftentimes, instead of becoming a spiritual leader, they become a political leader and oftentimes lose the essence of their call because they get sucked into the political realm instead of sticking with the spiritual realm. Hello. That's why, by the way, You'll never see us at New Life Community Church endorsing any candidate from this pulpit because I don't believe my job is to endorse candidates. Yeah, just, just in case next time you bring a candidate and say, Pastor, could you endorse them? No, I'm not going to endorse them. Now, I'll pray for a candidate if they show up. I will recognize and say, this person's running for political office. We can pray for them, but they're not going to come on this stage and give a political speech because I don't believe that my job is to endorse political candidates. I'm not going to run for political office either. Yeah, I don't believe it's my job to run for a political office. Listen... I have a call, I know what my call is, and I know what my call is not. I know that my call is to affect people spiritually. I know that my call is a spiritual call. And I'm not gonna delude my call by trying to do too many things and then miss at the main call that God has called me. Now I believe we need spiritual people in political office. I believe we need people of morality and strength and character and ethics in political places. And that may be your call. And if it is, praise God, we'll pray for you as you walk into the lion's den. (laughs) Seriously, we need people to step up to those places. But I'm gonna tell you, it's not my call. I know what my call is. My call is a spiritual call. It's the call of a pastor. It's the call of a spiritual leader. And I know clearly that my call doesn't fall over to another call. I need to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. Hello. Amen. 
Elijah had to know his boundaries. Gaining a truer vision of ourselves and our futures. That's the message from Pastor Mark Job here on Bold Steps Weekend. Today's lesson is titled, Re-Envision Your Life Story. And if you've been feeling stuck in a place of negativity and doubts, questioning the goodness of God's plan for your life, there's a special resource we'd like to send you. It's a book written by Mark that's designed to go hand-in-hand with this teaching series. It's called Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call. In this inspiring resource, Mark reveals seven biblical principles that will help you identify the spiritual snares that you may have fallen into and what you can do to break free and get back on track. We'll be happy to send you a copy of this bold action gift when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. Once again, the book is called Unstuck, Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call. And if part of your call this year is to take a new step in reaching others with this truth and encouragement from the gospel, we invite you to join our outreach efforts by becoming a bold partner. Your monthly gift helps put the truth of God's Word on the air through your local station and to other new listeners across the world. And you can give a gift of any amount one time or sign up to become a monthly bold partner when you visit our website at boldstepsweekend.org or just give us a call at 866 866- 535-5580. Again, that's 866-535-5580. Well, that's all our time we have today. I'm Wayne Shepherd. On behalf of the entire Bold Steps Weekend team, I hope you have a great rest of the weekend. But be sure to join us again next time when Mark teaches the importance of confronting the parts of our past that we've been trying to avoid. That's next time, here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.